Hello everyone and welcome to the Giri Cast, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Giris out there. Uh, this week was a big week as the transfer window slammed shut, so we will discuss the final ins and outs at Malaga Club de Football. Uh, as well as that, we'll obviously look back on what was a very traumatic weekend for Malaga as we lost 4-0. And we'll try and look forward to our game this weekend against Las Palmas. Uh, and we'll be joined by a guest who is Matt Rains, who is part of the UK fan club of Las Palmas. So that should be fun. But we'll, as always, I'm joined with Chris Marquez to discuss these things. Chris, how are you doing? I'm uh, doing very fine. Hi, Matt. How are you? Yeah, good, good, good. No, no chili in my eye this week, and I've just discovered. That's a good thing. I've just discovered on my TV that Spanish TV has the chase, which I don't know if you know what the chase is, Chris. What is the chase? Uh, El Ca- El Casado. I'm guessing. You, well, I'll go to my next person who is joining us, which is Alex uh, Ashmore. How are you doing, Alex? I'm good, thank you. I'm very well. And I'll ask you then: Are you a fan of the chase? Of course, I am. I've spent. Many a day sat at home, daytime telly in the UK. For any of those UK listeners, will know it's there's not much on apart from the chase. So, do you want to explain the chase to Chris for us? So basically, you have uh, I said genius is probably I the right word. Now, eh? you're both laughing really hard about the chase. Oh, I love the chase. It's great. I don't okay. like. Yeah. Go so on, you, you have. You, you have some person who's an expert in what seems like everything and um, they give the person a financial target to get to. So like if you beat me at this round, then you get, say, £10,000 and you have to get more answers correct than the, I think it's called the chaser. Yes, the chaser. The person? Or so, El Cazador. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, so it's um, it's quite an entertaining game, and it's good for for those who want to test their general knowledge. Yes. So sorry if in the middle of this podcast I get distracted because it's literally on my screen, the other side of my laptop at the moment. But um, I'll try I'll try and stay focused. But speaking uh, of games, is it, go on, is Chris. It the English version? No, is no, it's the, the Spanish version? version. El Gazador. Oh. On what channel? Uh, channel one, La One, La Una. La Una. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, Speaking of games, though, there's another game out this week. FIFA. I I should ask you the question, guys. Are are you FIFA players? I certainly am. Yes, Chris. Um, When I did, when I didn't (laughs) was a father yet, and I had all the time. (laughs) I uh, I was a big FIFA player. Now my PlayStation Four is catching dust. So (laughs) Yeah. uh, yeah. yeah. I really have no time for it. Yeah, that that's I my wish. thing. I, I, I used to have a lot more time for it, not so much anymore. But here's a question for you then. I don't know if you've read this, so maybe don't spoil it if you know the answer, either of you. But who is Malaga's highest rated player on the next FIFA? I don't know if you know this. I want, obviously, before it was probably quite obvious, but at the moment it's quite difficult to say. So I'm probably going to go with, I mean, it's probably going to be I don't know. Is it a defender or am I am I, am I thinking in the wrong part of the field? Okay, I'm, I'm going to go with Matos. Okay. Um, before I give you the answer, then I'll ask Chris. Who do you think is the highest-rated Malaga player on FIFA 21? I should add, Quampy was, but obviously there's an update coming out this week, so he will not be. He was 71. Who do you think? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> 
I would say Josebet. Okay. I will tell you, but I'm just double checking if I got this right. Yes, the second highest rated player is Matos with 69 on the same as Danny Barrio. And there is a joint winner. It is a Scassi on 70. And Chris, you are indeed right. It is Josebet on 70 as well. So there you go. There's, there's what you've got to look forward to on the new FIFA if you. FIFA inclined. But Matt, can you see how. Uh, in what position did they uh, put Escassi in? Ah, uh, good question. I didn't do. I didn't read that much. <laughs> uh, no problem. Yeah, but we. But anyway, you know, there you go, Chris. If you buy the new FIFA, you can you can do what you want with Escassi. You can put him in midfield, like like your dreams. Oh. <laughs> but going away from the virtual world, we'll go back into the real world. And we'll talk about those transfers. We'll start with those leaving the club. Those leaving the club, of course, are the players that were released on Ere. So there is, you know, a big gang of them left. And they, well, they, I believe they left on Saturday. I think Saturday officially their contracts were up. And obviously the first one, it seems, to have found the club is Luis Hernandez, who's moved to Maccabi Tel Aviv over in Israel. Chris, you know, obviously he said a lot of nice words when he left Malaga. How do you feel about Luis Hernandez leaving and do you have nice words to say about him? A great player. Uh, it's a shame that he's gone. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. I wish him all the best in, at Maccabi, Tel Aviv. Nice city. <laughs> um, it's warm there as well. Yes. Not much I know about the city, but uh, I wish him all the best. Yes, and he, he did say lovely things such as that he... If he was a child, he would dream of playing for Malaga. And he was, yeah, he, he said the perhaps the most beautiful words of those that left. So, Alex, do you have anything particularly beautiful to say about Luis Hernandez? I mean, he was a fantastic player. He was, I, I think I remember, wasn't he one of the first ones that came into the offices and asked for his salary to be reduced? Yes. And he's been with us for a while now. I think it's three seasons. So he's, you know, he's, been been there since we're in La Liga and um, yeah just a wonderful player and a fun fact I don't know if either of you know what Maccabi is I did but I've forgotten so go for it so Maccabi I was asking my mum who used to live in Israel the other day and she said that Maccabi is a beer company over there that's right so Yep. That is why that is why there are a few teams yeah. called Maccabi, like um, Maccabi Haifa as well. And weirdly, there's a team called Hapul Beaver Beer Shiva, isn't there as well? So, which which I don't think is to do with beer, but I don't know. Maybe it is. I know it's become a bit of a running topic on this podcast, but Maccabi Tel Aviv have beautiful shirts as well, yellow and purple. You don't see much of that, so at least he gets to wear nice shirts again. Um, going back to the other RA players then, um, you tell me, guys, you, you were more on top of the sort of transfer thing. Have any of them found any other clubs yet? And more specifically for me, where's my boy Juanpi going? I believe Juanpi is still a free agent. Um, I was looking earlier as well. Obviously, uh, Diego Gonzalez uh, is a free agent as well. Um, so, yeah, as far as I'm aware, um, they're all free agents, but... There's probably clubs interested, as they, most of them are very good players. So yeah, I'm sure they'll get snapped up fairly soon. Yeah, Chris, have, have you heard anything of anyone of our former players finding a new home? 
No, not really. I thought Diego Gonzalez um, uh, had some interest from uh, Granada and Cadiz. Mm. And I think Roland will go back to Argentina. And Renato Santos could go to Family Cow. He was busy with that. And Juanpi, to be honest, I'm not sure if Juanpi's uh, looking to get the same salary somewhere. Because then he's a bit screwed. He won't find that, <laughs> I think. So, no, I didn't hear anything about Juanpi, really. Well, Juanpi, I, I remember reading maybe last week that a couple of lower sort of Primera teams, like I think maybe Ibar was mentioned with him. And it was either like teams around that sort of level or MLS, which I think we mentioned before, looked at him. So I don't know. But I'm basically just trying to find a second team to support. Now. <laughs> yeah, a third team. <laughs> yeah, a third, third team. team. Sorry, a third. I should have said a second Spanish team. That's sure, what I sorry, Swansea. Sorry. <laughs> well, I mean it. Yeah, my Swansea shirt arrived today as well. I ordered a new Swansea shirt because it's got Swansea University on the front of it. So I should have known today more than anything. Um, being a former... Can you show it later to us? Yeah, of course, yeah. But being a former student of Swansea Uni, I thought I should have the shirt which has Swansea University on the front. But... Um, yeah. And Swansea won again last weekend. They did, yeah. You know, I, w- I wish I still did the Swansea podcast, really. That would be much more fun to do this week, but... But there you go. But we won't we won't stick with Swansea. But a a left sided player scored for Swansea on the weekend in the form of Jake Bidwell. And Malaga have signed a left sided player, but a bit further up the pitch. So, Alex, you tell me, you tell me a little bit about Joaquin Munez. Apart from that, he also has a moustache, which of course is the main criteria for playing for Malaga these days. Yeah, he has to have a moustache, otherwise we're not signing him. Um, so yeah, Joaquin Munoz. Um, so he's, he's quite young. He's twenty-one, born in Malaga, and he has played. Well, he played his uh, a few of his uh, years in youth football at a team called Puerto Malagueño, and he then joined Atletico Madrid in two thousand and fifteen. Played once for them, and then joined Huesca. And spent last season on loan at Mirandes, playing 15 times and scoring one goal. So he's had Segunda experience and he's a Malaga boy at heart. So and I believe I saw his tweet the other day saying he couldn't, he couldn't be more happy to be, to be home. So yeah, he's, he's a Malaga boy through and through. Alex, do you know how many assists he had? I don't know, actually. That, off the top of my head, that's not one of the stats <laughs> I have. Do you okay, know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yes, he's uh, from Miraflores. Um, I saw Malaga tweeting that it's six minutes by car getting from his house to La Rosaleda. Uh, walking is a bit further. I thought it was, I don't remember, 20 minutes or something like that. Um, he comes from a family which are big, big Malagistas. His whole family is crazy Malagista. Uh, he never played for the club. But he had one dream in his life, and that is playing for Malaga. And, well, you saw the tweet. He's, like, the most happy kid in school. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, I think I saw... I, I can't remember if it was off Malaga's official Twitter. I think it was, but it might have not been, where there was a map from Miro Flores to La Rosaleda, and it said it's something like, it's only six kilometres away, but sometimes you've got to take the long way round to get your dream or something cheesy like that but 
I quite like a bit of cheesy. I, I was talking with somebody of Sport Direct Radio uh, who knows to his family and uh, knows the player. So oh, okay. I, I have to be honest, I knew that he was coming to Malaga at 11 o'clock because then it was official already. Um, and he said, he, he literally brought him in by uh, Atletico Madrid. Um, he says he's, he's a great player. He, he had one dream. He had seven offers from different teams, even from Primera División. But he had one goal, and that was to sign with Malaga. So I think Malaga did great. And even if he screws up, then um, still he he stole my heart already. Lovely stuff. So uh, he is the one that did come in on transfer deadline day. Chris, I know you you had contact with a potential target. So. So tell me about these the people that we missed out on, starting with your, your new mate. Yeah, uh, Mama Dusila. If everybody who listens is interested in getting free tickets for uh, Ghent, just uh, contact us and we uh, sort something out with Mama Dusila. Um, yeah, Mama Dusila said, it, it, he called it chips again, so yeah. help me out a bit. Uh, Malaga could only sign 18 professional players. Um, and so there was no space left for him. Uh, they offered him a contract still, but then he said, I can't play. Um, he had several of, uh, offers from Sabadell, options from Sabadell. He could sign there. In Turkey, he could sign, and in Poland. And he said he really wanted to play for Malaga, um, but he also said he would stay in, where was it, in Ghent. Mm-hmm. And he will see in two months what will happen. He also said, that's funny, he said, yeah, Pedicer really wanted to have me. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad. Maybe we'll come back for him at a future date. While we're talking about this, I was going to ask you this, Alex, just because, um, like, Chris brought it up just then. Can you think of a translation for this word chips? Because we don't really have a word in, in English, do we? We just say space in the squad, I suppose, don't we? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting, maybe slot. I think slot. that's, yeah, the, that's yeah. one I could think of. Um, yeah, I think it's chip, I guess, is sort of related to, yeah, space in the squad. Mm. And yeah, I think slot's the only word that I can think of. There's quite a few words in, well, I say Spanish, but like there's quite a few words that Spanish football has in the vocabulary that don't really translate into English. I was looking at one earlier and it was um, about Thomas Party and it was talking about the thinker role. So that sort of, yeah. I'm assuming the cloud Makalele role or something yeah. like that. So it doesn't really translate well into English. But yeah, it's, there's a few of those. And there's like a, I think there's a media punto, which is sort of like yeah. a, and like a Philip Coutinho sort of not a striker, not a midfielder. I think. Yeah, I do like Spanish positions. Actually, we, we maybe we could do a part of the podcast about that one day. But yeah, it's just in case those that I don't know, there might be people listening that translate articles and the word chip comes up. It just means part of a squad because it confused me for a bit I was like Why, what's he talking about but I've got I've got it now but um, uh, was there Alex any other sort of near signings or Joaquin Munez that was it for us because I know you mentioned well, a few names was, last week yeah Juan there was this, yeah obviously Juan they signed a professional contract um, in terms of near signings um, there was a few I was looking at the um because Twitter was going absolutely crazy on uh, deadline day and I was looking at a few because there was a time where we were close to maybe not signing uh, Joaquin Munoz and we were looking at a few others and 
off the top of my head from what I can remember, there was one player who he's well, he's a free agent after his contract with Ibar ran out and his name was um, Pablo de Blasis. Excuse the pronunciation if it is incorrect. The Argentine whose contract ran out on the 31st of July. So he was one that Malaga were looking at, but then in the end, uh, nothing came of it. And he's a good player. I've actually seen him play a couple of times. He's a very, I forgot that he was linked with us, actually. That, that would have been a fun signing, I think, but let's not... Let's not dwell on it. Just before we finish this bit up, Chris, um, we've also got someone training at the club, which you've always dreamed of seeing play in a Malaga shirt. Well, I say always, since about January. Aaron Niguez is training with the club. Yes. Never going to happen, though, is it? No. <laughs> 18 chips. <laughs> yeah. 18 slots. 18 slot chips. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah we, we, could yeah. All, we all want more chips. Yeah. I had loads of chips today, two times. Yeah? Where have yeah. you been eating chips? I've been to Batavia Stad. That's like a big, uh, uh, how do you call it? Uh, uh, I send it. Um, it's a big outlet uh, mall. Yeah, mall. Yeah. Okay. So all the, all the expensive, uh, expensive stores are there. Right, so I, I bought myself an 800 euro jacket from Ralph Lauren, but I only paid 100 euros. So. A sports direct paying you and not paying me and Alex? Uh, no, they're not. <laughs> Actually, it, it is a birthday present because it's my birthday uh, in two weeks oh, uh, yeah. for my wife. No, I wish they paid me. <laughs> yes, I bet you do hope they paid you. But someone who is getting paid and getting paid at Malaga is... Manolo Gaspar, who did a press conference today, sort of summarising our transfer window this summer and sort of reflecting on it. So for you guys reflecting on this transfer window, Chris, how do you think Manolo Gaspar's done and has this been a successful transfer window all round? Manolo Gaspar did 34 transactions, if I'm right. He did a, one amazing job. It's like the best job you can ever do with 2.2 million euros. It's like, I don't know, it's crazy. It's, uh, I'm impressed. He, he re- literally saved Malaga from, uh, from uh, stop existing. So I think um, we thank him a lot. Yeah, there, definitely. He's not, not all heroes wear capes. Yes. Um, yes, definitely. And also you say... Uh, he's done it with sort of under two million, but he's, he's also got brought in about three million euros. I think I read the other day through yeah. transfers, which again very impressive. Um, Alex, I'm sure you feel similar. Yes, yeah, so, no, I think he's done a fantastic job, especially with the small budget he's been given, and I'm quite accustomed to having a team with a low budget, not being able to make signings. With you know, like the Chelsea's and Man City's of this world, where they can splash twenty million on a a, a, a substitute. So yeah, I think he's done a, a fantastic job and deserves all the praise in the world. Did you guys see um, on TV the series from America about couponing? Couponing, where they go in with a thousand coupons and um... no, That's, no, no, no. Uh, it sounds oh. carry on. No carry on. It's like they they bring in hundred thousand coupons, and then they get like 
uh, a truck full of stuff. And then they walk out and when they come to the cash register, they pay like five euros or five dollars. Ah, yes, That's yes. like what Manolo Gaspar did. Oh, I, li I like that analogy. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it is a bit like budget shopping, isn't it? But also, I, I thing I like about what he's done is he's realized he's had a budget. Well, obviously, to say the very least. But um, he sort of had a plan. He sort of said, right, what's the best way to spend it? There's no point just going, right, I need, like, you know, he's obviously tried to buy players with talent, but he's gone for this sort of young players that are from sort of the local area and, well, and old players too in the case of Iskassi. And he's gone for that identity more than maybe, maybe we don't have the money to build like a new tactical system and a new style of playing. So he's gone the other way and brought in players that sort of fit the Malagista sort of philosophy and I think that's why we'll in the next part we'll talk about the Rio Vallecano game, which obviously was a bit of a car crash. But I'd argue we're perhaps less despondent than we would be last season because their players, perhaps the fans, can relate to a bit more, even though there's no fans there. But yeah, so at least he's done it with a plan. I think is the is the big up for yeah. me. So on that note, then we shall go and analyze what on earth did happen against Rio Vallecano. Okay, so we're going to talk about that 4-0 loss to Rio Vallecano, but I'd like to issue you an apology first, because of course on this podcast we once mistook Olivia Newton-John for Madonna, and we'd like to apologise for that once again. But this last week I made a bit of big error, and I was saying that Rio Vallecano are managed by Paco Emes, which I had a feeling they weren't, but clearly I sort of forgot and carried on saying they were still managed by him. But he left in the summer. And they were taken over by Andoni Arola, who was the guy that did such a good job in Mirandes last year. But it was only when the Rio Malaga game kicked off and I saw him on the screen, I was like, oh, yes, I forgot Paco Emes is gone. So hopefully, if you listened last week, it might have got you interested in reading a bit about Paco Emes because he's interesting. But yeah, he's not the manager of Rio Vallecano anymore. So apologies for that. But Iraola is, and he did a very good job. Very good indeed, and Raya Vallecano have made a very good start to the league. So we'll, before we talk about what happened, guys, you did the preview show over, over on our Facebook again. What sort of things were you talking about before the game, and what was the general mood, Chris? We, the, the general mood was great. Um, we had some technical issues once again. Um, that's that's a thing every week, I think, isn't it, Alex? Yeah, I think it's part and parcel of what we do on yeah. the, the preview. Yeah. We, it wouldn't be a proper yeah. preview without a technical issue. Yeah, yeah. so we loved it. So, um, but yeah, it, it was a great. We had a great mood. Everybody was happy. I'm, I was having a beer. Uh, Alex was happy. He had a party that night. He was also very excited. I was drunk. And. Uh, yeah, everybody was okay, and and this came out of nowhere because yeah, we we were we were really really optimistic. We thought, yeah, well, maybe a, a win for Malaga or a, well, draw. 
Yeah, so obviously it, it, the most dramatic, the most dramatic score we could figure was a, a draw, and then this happened. Yeah, obviously we said last week that it's always a bit of a roller coaster, but we had two good weeks, so maybe we, we should have expected a big drop. But um, you guys said you had some technical issues, so when you saw that, well, you tell me in in that lineup, was there any technical issues in that lineup? You you envisioned before game, so for example, the Rubia started. Alex, did you think that was a good idea beforehand, or was you excited by that? I thought it was a positive move because I'd talked about this before, and I think Chris had said the same thing about playing the two strikers up top with Quintana and Saar is too similar. You need someone with that little bit of pace, and La Rubia brings that, and obviously. He's lacking experience, but I feel like the only way to you know improve him is to give him game time, and he's he's a good player, so he's he's showed himself in preseason. So I think it obviously you know we can make excuses and say we didn't win, but I think it's a good move. Yeah, I'd agree. And another guy that came into the team is another one of our new signings, Chris. This guy who's a bit of an unknown called Luis Munez, who re-signed for the club, uh, of course. How do you think it was yes. a good move? Him being thrown in from the start is, you know, having not played much of a preseason, etc. I th- yes, I think it was a a good option, of course. Um, but I shall I go to what I didn't like? Go for it. Yeah, of course. Because uh, one part um, that will come later, there were a few fi- a few things that uh, why we lost four nil. Um, and one of the most important things was on the midfield. Can anybody explain to me, if you buy such a great team, why freaking Benke Massa is still on the pitch? Can anyone explain that to me? I, I really don't understand. I'll, I'll I really be honest, I, can, I, can't, I cannot. I was surprised too. I, I sort of figured if Munez was coming in, he would take Ben Kamas's place, but that didn't seem to be the case. But um, yeah, Benji Sir made some big, big mistakes over there. Really, really big mistakes. Yeah. Well, yes. Obviously, in hindsight, yes. So going back to how the game started, then because I don't know about you, but um, again, I, I'd been out drinking all day, celebrating Swansea's win, and maybe. I was all happy and optimistic still. But I actually thought Malaga started the game quite well. They seemed to be passing it around quite nicely, taking their time. Would either of you agree with that, or was I just drunk? No. no? Yeah, you, I agree with you, but that's the little but in it. Um, there was no pass forward to the attacking, so we didn't create anything. In those starting minutes, Alex, do you, but before we get to the handball decision, how did you think Malaga started the game? I mean, I think there was a certain. I mean, I had a positive feeling about it, obviously, because we'd won against Alcorcon and you know we played really well. And I just think, like Chris said, sort of that final third, it's been a problem since the beginning of the season. Right? It's been a problem for quite a while now. I think. It's one of those things that we just need to improve on and get that fluidity back in the squad. And 
I was also like when the first goal went in, as or like obviously when that handball and all that, I just couldn't quite believe it because I was sort of looking at my phone at the same time. And I was thinking, oh, it's one nil. Then it must be it must be Malaga because we scored the first goal in the last two games. So it was a bit of a shock. But yeah, I think there were positives to take from that. Okay, then. So Alex has led us towards that first goal, Chris. It was given as a handball. There was a very lengthy amount of time before VAR gave it. What is your view? Was it a handball? Or, well, was it a penalty, I suppose, is a better question, because you could maybe say it is definitely a handball. I don't know. Well, I think, to be honest, that the referee and the VAR have been celebrated the Swansea win as well. <laughs> Well, I, 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 I would say that's great for them, but maybe not for this game. <laughs> yeah, no. It, uh, in my opinion, it wasn't hands. But I think there's some new rules on that put in by the FIFA, by the UEFA or FIFA. Or I don't know who makes the stupid handball rules. No. Hmm. Um, I the idea I had was uh, taking a, a picture of the of the human body. And then tell you all the parts of the human body, but that would take too long. But <laughs> it comes, I have a surprise, the human body comes with arms. You have them, uh, you have to keep them somewhere, you cannot take them off. In my opinion, it wasn't a hands ball, he was just, yeah, he has hands, you know. Yeah. He wasn't going, trying to stop the ball or anything like that. Yeah. I think that's where football, the football rules are are mistaking a bit. Yeah, there's been, um, you're right, there has been changes in the rules and there's been, and perhaps Alex has picked up on it quite a lot back in the UK, there's been a lot of talk of it in the Premier League, uh, particularly last, or was it the weekend before last, sorry, where Tottenham drew 1-1 with a 97th minute penalty given against them for Eric Dyer's handball and that yeah. was the same sort of situation where it was headed at him from, you know, I saw yard. It. It's the same sort of thing, but there is. I, I've seen posters of where it's saying that bit between your shoulder and your elbow, and they've sort of begun to say that's not handball. But I thought that's sort of where he handballed it. Um, yeah, I thought it was very harsh, like for how close it was, for the fact that it didn't seem to be, you know, it didn't seem to hit his hand or like his lower arm. But that, um, I don't know, the guy, that, what's his name, Issy, he seemed very good for Raya Viacano. He seemed to be causing us all sorts of problems. So, I don't know, maybe the ref just went with him because he looked like a good player. I don't know. Alex, do you have any other views on this handball? Well, I think the we have to look at cause and effect in this sort of thing. Obviously, I think you should look at where the ball would have gone had it not hit the hand. And in this case, I kind of feel like it would have hit some other part of the body, if not the head or the chest. So I feel like it's unfair, especially also that top half of the hand from the sort of elbow upwards. It's not really something that you like have control of in those knee-jerk reactions when you're trying to block a ball coming through. So I think, yeah, I, I agree. And I think no handball for me. If I was the ref, I wouldn't have given it. Yeah. And then I suppose, obviously, it was a double sucker punch, one after the other. Ryo go 2-0 up, courtesy of an own goal. Chris, you know, are we putting any fault on Juan Day for that? Should he have done a little bit better, maybe, or should have been defended better? Had, no, he had the time. Great goal, that 
have to say it. Uh, just on the wrong side. No, but he, he, he had much more time. It was unnecessary. He really had the, had the time to defend it well or aim for a better spot to uh, to shoot it out. Alex, do, do you want to shift the blame or is there any blame on anyone? Was it just bad luck? No, I, I think in this case... It's just one of those things that, you know, it's going to happen. You're going to have those errors throughout the season. And I, I'm, I'm not one for criticising mistakes like that because there's not much you can do about it in those sort of situations. And especially with a young player like Juan I feel like we don't want to knock his confidence think, too much. I think it's bad coaching as well. Because it happens in his back, yes, all the time. The keeper or another defender should have said, should have shouted, you have time, you have time. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, no? but how's okay. that bad coaching? Do you mean coaching from his fellow defenders, not Pellicet? Yeah, right, coaching. Okay. No, not Pellicet, sure. I was thinking uh, that was a bit harsh, but yeah. No, 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 no. No, but from his... Uh, <laughs> uh, more experienced... defenders. Yeah, his more experienced centre-back partner, Escassi, should have said. Yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah. I thought the cross came in a little easy as well, to be honest with you. I, I, I've still yeah. I've still not fully won round by Calero, but um, while we're talking about the defenders, then would you? I would say, even including all the games last season, that's about as bad as we've defensively played. But as sort of Alex alluded to, I think with young players, we're going to have games like this, and we're just going to have to say, right, that was a bad day. Forget about it. Can you think of any worse performances defensively? Wesker. Yeah, that was, but that was a weird game, wasn't it? Because that game yeah, just was red cards and lots of weird things. Yeah. Wasn't it? This was pretty weird as well with the uh, with the uh, hands ball. Yeah, so, yeah, it reminded me of West Guy. It was a bad game, and get bad games can happen definitely in this time part of the season. So, I also it was a, a not a nice thing to watch, but I also was like. Yeah, it can happen. It's it's not a big problem, or you know, yeah, it doesn't really matter very much. And again, I think this comes back to what we said earlier. Well, what I said earlier um, about the the players we've got now. They are young players. They're local players. A lot have come through the Cantera or have got some link to Malaga. Where someone like Juan de makes that mistake, we sort of go, "Oh, that was a bit silly, Juan de," but. Never mind, whereas, I don't know, maybe if that had been Diego Gonzalez or, dare I say, Ben Camassa or someone, one of the old guard, we'd be a bit more, ah, oh, sorted out sort of thing. But because there's a lot of those players now, I think they're going to be given a lot more time and a lot more patience and support as well, I think. But um, was there anyone, going away from the defence then, was there anyone, Alex, do you thought looked like they could open up the Rio defence for us and do something I think in the first half um, Romani did quite well I feel like he he had a few few chances where you know he looked the most likely Uh, La Rubia as well I think he, he he didn't have a I mean, it's it's difficult to say he had a good game, but I feel like for someone who's very young, I feel like he looked, you know, c- competent. And um, someone else in the second half, I was impressed with Cristiano Rodriguez. He he didn't 
he, he, he did much better in the second half and sort of came came to what we're used to seeing from him. So I think, yeah, Rahmani was probably the, the pick for me in the first half. Yeah, Rahmani was um, the one that was sort of, again, I think we've said with him that he's clearly got something about him and he's going to do something brilliant, but then I think he's going to mess up and he's going to be erratic. And I think that's how... I, I, I thought he was, you know, one of our best players. Uh, Chris, what about you? Anybody stand out in this whole Malaga performance for you? or Without perhaps giving up his nagas, any names you want to throw out? It wasn't great what I saw. <laughs> no. Well... Sure. I have to... Think a bit about we'll, it. We'll, we'll go to no, a, I don't know. We'll go to another Malaga player then, Chris, who did impress. Yeah. Antonin. <laughs> it was it was inevitable, oh. wasn't it, when he came on? You know, uh, I saw a lot of people commenting on it. Um, yeah, that it, it's his job. He, I, I love the fact he apologised, but in my eyes he didn't really have to, you know. Yeah. I, I'm happy for him that he scored a goal. Because I like the guy, he he wanted to go to Malaga. That was his his biggest wish. It couldn't happen because of the of the salary. You know, yeah, un, unlucky he scores against Malaga. He found it very unlucky as well. I think even if he had to do it again, he would miss. So so sorry he felt, but yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, at least, cool. at least he did it when the game was over, pretty much, wasn't it? The, yeah, and it was. It was definitely not going to happen then. Um, no, and it's not the Champions League final. Yeah, of course. Yes, it, it definitely is not the Champions League final. Um, any is there any positives? You uh, any other positives you want to add, Alex? Before we perhaps do Chumbo and Biznaga? Um I was. I mean, probably the the wrong thing to be impressed with. But I wasn't too impressed with anyone that started. But talking about players who came on. Uh, Jose Bed, I thought did well um, Jairo Sampero as well um, it's nice to see him getting minutes and Chevaria as well I think I was I was quite impressed with him so yeah it's, yeah it's good to see those players obviously it would have been good to see them start but I think it's nice to know that those additions that we've made especially uh, Chevaria and Jairo Sampero and I've been well I'm very excited to see what they can offer to us this season yeah, I thought Chivari did well as well. And arguably, if we're going to go for these two up front, you could argue that he's maybe even got himself ahead of Orlando Saar in the pecking order now. I think he's offered more in that game than Orlando Saar's done in the other games so far. But it's still early days yet. But um, yeah, there was no patch around for me that night. And, and Pam did say, Pam in the tavern said, do you want one? I said, no, Pam, we're not allowed anymore. If Malaga don't get points... No points mean no patron. So I ended up drinking a shot of honey rum to to cure my my sadness. But while we're on the sad side of things, then we'll go to our chumbo and biznagas and we'll start with our chumbos. Chris, who are you giving chumbo? I have two chumbos. Go I know I'm not allowed, but I will do it anyway. Yeah, I'm not going to stop you. Um, it's for Pedicer. Okay. And his stepson, Benkemasa. Okay. Can I ask why Palisade? He related somehow. He, he messed up. Okay. He, he really, uh, I, the formation, the players who were playing, no. It, it was bad. Well, the formation was good. The starting 11 was no good at all. 
Okay. Alex, your chumbo. I mean, it was it was a difficult choice, but there was quite a few players that I um, I could choose from. One, I mean, he wasn't my, my chumbo, but I wasn't very impressed with Calero, and I'm good lad to see that Casas is back. Um, I think for my chumbo for this game, I'm going to have to give it to Matos. I just think Isi had, well, he was all over him the whole game, and um, he just, he looked very like, you know, lost in defence and just didn't feel like he, he was adding anything to that back four. Okay, I, I, the two you've just named were the two I considered, and I, I was actually going to pick Calero just because I don't know, I didn't think he offered anything. Um, whereas I agree with what he said about Matos, but again, I don't know, I thought that Issy looked really, really good, so I wasn't sure if he was just against a really good player, which is no excuse, he needs to step up, but I, I'm going to give it to Calero. So we've got three different ones there, which shows you the you know, it's usually if we pick three different players, it shows how bad Malaga were but let's try and find a positive then uh biznaga chris who did you pick for that i didn't pick one. Oh, that's sad <laughs> okay if i if i would have to pick one i would pick christian okay um uh, but it would be the same thing every week um let me go with the other pair i will go with jairo 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 okay yeah, I thought he did all right. Actually, we didn't even talk about Christian because I didn't think there was much to say about him this week, which sort of, you know, he's the player I've, re- you know, re- has replaced Huampi for me. So, yeah, that shows, how, you know, what little effect he had on the game. I thought I don't think he did much wrong, though. Am I actually, I, I think Alex might say the same. I might be guessing here, but I, I thought Romani was the one that had the most impact on the game for us. So, Alex, am I right in guessing you've picked him or have you picked something different? I actually went for someone different. Okay. I I was impressed with Rahmani. I agree. I think he was in attack. I feel like he was our best player um, out of the people that started. Um, I feel a bit unfair to the starting eleven giving the Biznaga to a sub. So I'm going to go with Danny Barrio because it was a difficult game for him. But I feel like he, if it wasn't for him, we probably could have lost six or seven nil. So I feel like he he was also you know maybe the victim of some bad defensive. Uh, errors and some just poor defending all round. So I think, yeah, Danny Barrio is my biznaga for this game. Okay. Um, just to let you know, boys, just in case you are wondering, um, if I know we're on video. If you can see me looking at another screen, Spain and Portugal have just kicked off on my screen. I can confirm there's no Malaga players in the Spanish starting 11, just to, just in case you were wondering. No? If, nope. No one's made it in. No, no Calero, no Matos, no Juande. They have I can't believe it. Yeah, just just in case you were wondering and, you know, you didn't have as easy access to the Spain game as I do here in Spain. So, so yes. Um, I, have, uh, all the, I have all the Spanish channels, ah, but uh, I don't have the TV on. Um, I have a question. Okay. Does Algeria play uh, in the next weeks or in the next days or today? Does who, sorry? Uh, Algeria? Um, I don't know. All oh, right, I know where this is going. <laughs> so they want to keep him, basically. Yeah, maybe uh, it surprises me that he's probably one of the only, probably the biggest player they have. Yes. Um, one of the biggest players there. Yeah, I, I don't know, to be honest. I do know Wales are playing England tomorrow, so that's going to be fun. And then, oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So that that that's the only one I'm concerned about, really. And then we've got the Irish on Sunday, so it's a, a 
a true so I was going to say British bash, but you know the Irish are not British, so I won't say that. Are you a bit scared, Matt, for tomorrow? No, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's a friendly. It's you know, if we lose, I will say it was only a friendly. If we win, I will not say that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how, how big is the chance you think you will have? Um, I'd say a good chance, but I'd, you know, obviously we're still the underdogs. But anyway, we, we won't look forward to that game. I don't want to get too carried away with that. But we will look forward to this weekend's game against Las Palmas. And we'll head over to that section now. We're, we'll be joined by another Matt. Double Matt. What, what a treat. Double your trouble. <laughs> Okay, on to the last part of the podcast, which, as always, is looking forward to this weekend's Malaga game. And this weekend, we are taking on Las Palmas, and we are joined by a special guest in the form of Matt Rains, who is part of the UK Las Palmas fan zone. Is that correct, Matt? Have I said that right? Well, it's uh, something that was founded by um, a lad in Wales, in Merthyr, um, the page that he founded about five or six years ago, I think it is now, that he asked me to help out with. So, yeah, it's all down to him that we've actually got a group, I think. And as a Murphy Tidville boy myself, I you know I can imagine that was a good idea. How many people do you have in the sort of Facebook page on your group? Spoke we're over 1,100. Oh, um, Twitter, we are, I think it's about five or 600 followers. Okay. And I should, I should add first, it's the first time we've probably spoken that's not been via Twitter or messaging, Matt. So first of all, I'd like to thank you because uh, just before we entered this sort of dystopian world of no football, I went away to watch Las Palmas, well, went away to watch Malaga in Las Palmas and you helped me out with a bit of advice, especially the La Arancadia bar near the ground, which was great fun with your mate Scottish Andy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy, very fun guy, looked after me well there. Um, but I suppose the place to start here, because I believe you're on you're on holiday in Cornwall at the moment, yes? I am, yep. But you are originally from Derby, uh, or Derbyshire or Derby? Yeah, Derby. So how does a boy from Derby become a fan of Las Palmas? Um, 2010, decided I wanted a change in career and job, um, and decided I was going to apply for an holiday rep position and flew out a week and a half after the interview um, just because of the position I was in where I could get away quickly sort of thing. Um, landed in a, on an island I'd never been to where probably the only word in Spanish I knew was gracias. Um, and to be honest, I didn't really build an interest for a couple of years. Um, but sort of like, you know, as you spend more and more time on the island, you realise that things are on TV, the games are on TV, you're only a 45-minute-an-hour drive up to the um, You can always, you know, there's there's always something happening on, on the telly or there's, there's always something in the papers about the club. And I just try to use it as a bit of a way to learn a bit of the lingo, really. 
great stuff. And, and obviously, it's, it's an important fixture for me because my first Malaga game was Malaga v Las Palmas, which I think one of your group was there. I remember the message in me when I went to Las Palmas to tell me they went. But um, Chris or Alex, you know, any any particular you know fond memories of playing Las Palmas or less fond memories? I've I've never actually seen Malaga play Las Palmas, but the one game I did say at the Vincente Calderon was against Las Palmas, oh. and I believe Atletico won two one with a free kick from Antoine Griezmann. Okay, good stuff. And Chris, you 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 know you you like to give your views on the club of guest fans. What what are your views on Las Palmas? I'm sure they're more positive than your views on Alcocon. Oh well, uh, I met. First of all, um, I don't know much about Las Palmas. I know they have yellow shirts. I love it. Um, I think it's a great team. I have a question. Mm-hmm. What, what are the does does Las Palmas have real rivals? Tenerife. That's the main one. The Battle of the Canaries. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The old eastern western province. Split. It's the fact that Santa Cruz and Las Palmas, Santa Cruz and Tenerife, Las Palmas de Gran Canaria, they have to share the capital status uh, because they can't agree on who should have the capital status, and that's what caused the split between the eastern and the western provinces. It even boils down to the beer. So you will never ever see me drinking a pint or a bottle of Rada, um, because that's the uh, the sort of western province beer with the logo being Mountainian Tenerife. Um, you'll always see me with a pint of Tropical or a can of Tropical, which has the, the Pero Canario, which is what Gran Canaria is named after the dogs. Um, that's their logo. And that's the Eastern Province preference for the beer. Yes. And Great. The, and, the, and the Tropical was very good when I went. I very much enjoyed it. Um, so just before we get on to sort of um, questions about this weekend's game, Matt, We'll just a few more questions about Las Palmas. Any particularly favourite memories or favourite players or games? Or um, I don't know. I suppose you always go back to relegation. Uh, sorry, not relegation. The promotion game, um, June twenty fifteen, I believe it was. Um, we've come into the second leg three one down, um, knowing full well that a two 0 win at home would uh, would secure us promotion. Um, we had a bit of heartbreak the season before. Um, fans played a part in possibly what happened at the end of that game, the, the Cordoba game, 2014. Um, sort of bit of a redemption, I think, for the club because we were on our way right up until the final moments. This time around, though, needing a 2-0 win um, to at least win on away goals. I'd left the island September 14. I'm watching it on a dodgy stream back home. Um, just it just it's just etched in my head. Just <laughs> the goal that Rocky Mesa scored, then six minutes before the end, you know, the Vieira swinging the free kick in, Ortuño getting to the ball just before the keeper does, just by the penalty spot. By the time he hit, hooks the ball back over from where the six yard line meets the byline on the left hand side of the post, Araujo's at the back stick to just prod it home. You, I can just see the goal playing out in my mind right now. It does stick, even though I wasn't there. Um, probably an away game as well. Um, changing personal circumstances meant I wanted to do a few weekends away, which is where all the ground hopping comes from that I've done. 
Um, I did Real Madrid Las Palmas the first season we were promoted back to La Liga, so I think that was like early November 2015, just to see us play against such a team in such surroundings. But then at the same time, we also had the pre-season tour 2018, summer of 2018. Uh, a couple of us got access to a behind-closed-doors friendly against the Birmingham City side. And then Leeds United, we played at Ellen Road. Um, Leeds were brilliant. Leeds, we contacted Leeds and Leeds gave us, um, I think I ended up with a block of about 50 tickets. Um, and every time I just saw a Las Palmas shirt out and around the ground at Ellen Road on that morning, just introduced myself to vote, gave them a ticket. We mentioned it on the Facebook account as well. We weren't on Twitter at that point. And, you know, Leeds stewarding staff were great. They let us go down towards pitch side at the end of the game. Had a quick chat with uh, Ruben, one of the club delegates. He got the players over for photos and autographs and everything. So probably like three good games there for, for very different reasons in each one. Great stuff. And you mentioned it, that you mentioned Rocky Messer as well, who is a Swansea player, which I think a lot of Swansea fans actually really liked. And it, it never really, for the manager we had, Paul Clement, who also was in your neck of the woods at Derby, never really quite worked out with him. But you had that great team with Rocky Messer and I think you said uh, Jonathan Vieira and um, I think it was when Kevin Prince Boateng was there and Kike Setien was manager. And there was this really exciting Las Palmas team and I remember there was that volleyed goal who I can't remember who scored it was it Prince Boateng the acrobatic yeah, it, passing goal uh, I mean that's another one you can see Vieira with the chip Tanner with the I don't even know what you call it the heel flick yeah. Boateng I think something like six foot in the air when he made contact with his foot it's just ridiculous so I suppose my question is that wasn't that long ago What what's happened to Las Palmas to, to see them sort of being in sort of Segunda in the first place and then not even getting the playoffs. What, what's what's happened there? Um, it's, it's one of those things that you, you might find you, you lose in translation. Um, and obviously being away from the island as well, you, you may not get the full story. Um, from what I could read and understand, um, I think the, the president said he wasn't going to back Setien any further. Um, I don't know what our aspirations were as a club, whether it was to sort of fight for survival every season or to try and sort of progress, you know, go from avoiding relegation to, you know, aiming for the top 14 or whatever, top half, mid-table. Um, but I think the president said he wasn't going to back him and or Setien then said he wasn't going to extend his, his contract. At that point, you could possibly say that some of the players sort of stopped playing. Um, they were no longer playing for the manager. He was very, very set in his own ways. Um, I can't for the life of, life of me remember who we conceded the goal against. Just an example of trying to play out from the back and everything that Setien did. Um, it, we, we just seemed to do it week in, week out. And towards the end of the season, you just kind of knew that that relegation was coming. As for why we've not gone back, um, you could say there would be a bit of, I don't, I don't know if you wanted to call it football manager style signings, um, a lot of older players that are available on free transfers. We may have taken a gamble on salaries. Um, that They'll have played a part. Um, obviously, economic situation in Spain is a lot different how it works in England with clubs being given a salary cap. 
Um, and then I think this year we've, well, I mean, last year, last season, we, at one point we could have possibly made a push. Um, I think it was only really confirmed probably two or three games before the end of the season that we weren't going to get to the playoffs. Um, but this season we seem to have just built us like a, a younger squad. So a lot of the older players have, have left. Um, so Alberto de Abea, he's gone to Cartagena, newly promoted, as has Ruben Castro. Um, we've we've got in players, um, Robert Gonzalez from Betis, Bajinho signed from Sevilla. Um, we just, I think he's just going to build a, a young squad that's that's probably hungry for success. Whether that leads to building something for next season or actually being a surprise package this year, I'm not sure. Yeah, and you've said about. Um... Like players, the old guard going out and building a young team, but of course you, you let one of your well, you didn't let your young player go, your young star. He, he probably had to go when the offer came in. But Pedri's gone to Barcelona. He obviously was brilliant for you guys last year. As as Malaga fans, who is the new danger man we should be watching out for this weekend in our game? To be honest, I won't single one out. I don't think anybody's sort of taken the mantle over just yet. Um, I think Pedri was brilliant, but it's a bit sort of unfair to call him um, sort of like a one-man team or mm-hmm. as some kind of... You, you, when we had Vieira on loan last season, just the way that those two seemed to read off each other was brilliant. Um, when Vieira left, maybe his effect sort of... Changed. He didn't have as much effect on the team, probably because he didn't have those better players like Vieira around him to sort of feed off and read from. Um, I think we've we've got a, a pretty good sort of three to play behind the striker. So you can look at players like Benito, um, Kirian, who's technically very very good. Kirian Rodriguez gets in some good positions. Also not afraid to make a tackle. Pajinho seems to be a, a good player that's come through as well. As for strikers or sort of looking out for goals, we've just signed a new lad from Benevento who, who were in Italy. Um, we needed a striker really after Ruben Castro left. But then we've also got Edu, Edu Espial, who played Villarreal's B team last season on loan. He's come back this year and could be, uh, could be quite hungry. So I think you could look at the front four being quite interchangeable um, and I could probably see at least one of those three sort of having a, a, a bigger effect on the game than the other three if that makes sense Okay before we maybe go towards more Malaga sort of orientated stuff from the other two um, I, I suppose like obviously this being the Geary cast we do get a lot of people li- listening back home in in the UK well back home for me and Alex anyway uh, obviously, you're managed by Pepe Mel still, who some may be, some may remember as West Brom manager a few seasons ago, and he wasn't there very long. So there's, there's sometimes he, he's a little bit mocked when people remember him. I sort of feel back home, which I, I don't know. I, I thought was unfair because he seemed to keep up a very sort of sinking West Brom ship. How how's he viewed at Las Palmas? Because he's been there a little while now, I believe, hasn't he? He's been there a season or a bit longer. He's he's had a full season and a bit. Um, I mean, I think Pepe Mel kept the West Brom side that were dubbed the Great Escape up. I think I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, 
but yeah, he's again. Um, he's one of them where if under Seti and every team seemed that he has seems to have an identity. So you know, it was the the sort of ticky tacker side of things that we saw at Las Palmas. He took into this tried it again at Barcelona. I don't know if Mel's got an identity on how he plays. One thing I would say is he's very, very trusting in the youth players. Um, how the fans sort of view him, I think every, obviously every club wants their manager to take their team up. Every every fan wants the manager to take the team up. Is Mel the right person to take us up? I'm not 100% sure. But a little bit like Nigel Clough might have done at Derby sort of 10 years ago, getting players off the wage bill, blood in youth, looking for the the sort of younger, cheaper signings maybe and good loan deals. From that perspective, it, it sort of makes sense and I'm quite chuffed he's still there, to be honest. Good stuff. So obviously there, lads, we've got quite a, a detailed overview of Las Palmas. Uh, Chris, Las Palmas have just, and I think I'm right in saying this, Matt, they've just won their first game of the season, yes? Yep, 2-1 yep. win against newly promoted Logroñez. Um, is this a good time okay. to play this team, do you think, Chris? Or is there anything that Matt has sort of given us in that spiel about Las Palmas that worries you or anything that jumps out at you as, that we can we can leap on? I don't know why, and I don't know if I'm right. And um, if anyone agrees with me, every time before we play Los Palmas, I'm always a bit scared or something. I'm always a bit afraid that we're going to lose. I don't know why. Okay. Is that from their sort of reputation in recent years when they were playing good football in La Liga? Or is this something that is... Yeah, I think I, I think it comes from there, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, because when I went to the Las Palmas home game last season, which was the first home game of the season, I thought, well... Surely Las Palmas will win this, but yeah, they were slightly underwhelming, as were Malaga. Um, Alex, anything from there that you sort of feel, anything that made you perhaps more optimistic or more pessimistic? Well, I think, obviously, you know, I've Chris will know I've been fairly pessimistic in my predictions of how Malaga are going to fare in, in the first, well, I think it was the first game I maybe thought a draw and then after that I was thinking maybe we're going to lose now but we won two and then obviously last week I think I predicted a 2-0 loss um, so not quite as um, as severe as what did happen but um, I, I'm i going to be wary of Las Palmas because they're, they are a good team um, they're one of those in the segunda there's a few teams that you know I think of as uh, deserving to be in La Liga and I feel like Las Palmas are, are one of those teams and yeah. I do remember I think I think we played them in the last game in, in La Liga and we needed to win to stay up and it didn't happen and um, yeah so I think I, I'm wary of them and obviously Pepe Mel's an experienced manager so he, he'll he'll you know brought a squad together that he he knows has obviously had a season he's now got his first you know new season to to you know start playing the sort of football that they want to play so yeah I'm, I'm wary of them okay before we go to score predictions then Chris we, we've obviously just talked about the Rio Vallecano game before Matt joined us what what would you like to see Malaga change for this game if it's a change in personnel or change in formation or a bit of both <clears throat> 
I would keep the formation for Fortier is fine, but I would uh, change Lombon. I would put in Lombon for Juan Day. Okay. Um, and I would take off Benke Massa. And I probably would put in Joaquin. So, so we're getting a new start in 11, basically, the way this is going. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just change everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was, I was surprised you went for Ben Kamasa second or third there. I thought you would have just come straight out with that, but after you've expressed your yeah, views. Yeah, I it. thought let's start at the back. At the back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, Alex? I would also, oh, I would, the most important thing, I would try to, uh, to put the new keeper on, the new goalie. Ah, yes. I forgot about him, actually. We could have spoke about him earlier, so... Um, yeah, because Danny Barrio has arguably not fully cemented his place. He he was obviously quite yeah. good the week before when we won, but he still hasn't really shone, has he? So I think he's still there for the taking. Um, what about you, Alex? What Any changes you'd make for this last Palmas game? I think I would start everybody everybody that came off the bench. So Jose, Joe Arias, Amperio, Orlando Sarr, I'd... And uh, Luis Munoz, I'd probably drop uh, Quintana, uh, drop Ben Kimasso as well, and yeah, bring in Lomban as well. I think that's needed in the in the defence. We need that experienced head because I think I'm still not a fan of Escassi at the back. I think it's a, an accident waiting to happen. Yeah. Okay. So just we'll start like wrapping this up. I sh- I'll go back to you, Matt. Um, I'll ask you a score prediction in a second, which I hate score predictions, but we, we, we always seem to do them. But the one question I didn't ask you, what, what is sort of expected of Las Palmas this season? Are, are they going for promotion? I assume that would be the ideal ambition, but is it a realistic one? I think every club wants, every fan wants the team to get promoted, like I said earlier on. Um, if we weren't fighting for promotion, I'd be disappointed. Um, I think that's just because of how I feel about the club. Um I would say at least we should be going sort of top 10, maybe sneak a playoff position. Okay, and then um, I'll, I'll go to you first then, Matt, as, as our guest. What, what are you feeling about this game? Win, lose or draw, and do you want to even go for a score prediction? I'll go 2-0, Las Palmas. Of course, okay. Alex, what about you? I'm going to go for 0-0. I feel like Malaga will want to... Shut up shop after what happened last week, and the new players will need time to gel and attack. So yeah, nil nil is my prediction. Okay, I was going to go one all, and but it did occur to me today actually that it seemed to be last season all we were doing were drawing games, but we've not drawn a game yet, and you know this is our fifth game, so that's it. At least we're being a bit more decisive this year and deciding win or lose. So that's more fun, I suppose, than draws, but. Yeah, depends how depends how many wins we get for that to work, I suppose. What about you, Chris? Are you going to be the optimistic one and say win? I'm going, of course, I'm going with a 1-0 Malaga. Excellent stuff. So we've got a nice uh, cross-the-board results there. But um, Matt, before we go, is, is you mentioned it briefly earlier, and it's sort of less Las Palmas related, this question, but you said uh, you're a bit of a groundhopper, as am I. Um, I've not maybe done as much of Spain as I would like because, well, because of Malaga and then obviously COVID has put a stop to 
a bit more traveling just as I was starting to do more away games. But my question is maybe an obvious one. What is your favorite ground you've been to in Spain? Oh, geez. <laughs> um, I think you've got me to try and narrow it down. So okay. No, I'm good, good for that. I was once Not Matt, I, I was um, I was once asked by a German radio station of the because I, I think I'm on at the time I was on about three hundred grounds I'm now on about four hundred. When people ask me this, I have to say, well, it depends. Do you want new grounds? Do you want non-league grounds? Do you want? So it is quite a tough question. So I did try to narrow it down to Spain for you, but <laughs> I mean, if you go to somewhere like Sevilla, if you go to the um, Sanchez Pizjuan, the place is bouncing before kickoff. Um, the prior people, the the words in the hymn or the anthem, as as will probably refer to it as, you know, there that stadium itself. I I do love the the Sanchez with one. Can um, I just remind I you, Matt? Really Matt, before you go on, it's it, it's a it's a Malaga podcast, so you know I know Chris is probably like biting his teeth of you saying nice things about Sevilla. I I'm not as I don't have the same sort of dislike as him, but <laughs> I was going for uh, for La Rosaleda as the next one. Oh, uh, good. <laughs> if anyone if anyone is down there on holiday, the stadium tour. Me personally, probably one of the best stadium tours I've done. So it's well worth the money if you do get down there. Um, the best one in in Spain. You know what? I've done a Basque derby. I did Abar versus Alaves. And although it was nil-nil, it was meaty. I was right next to the pitch just by the tunnel. The setting of the stadium with, you know, just the, such a small town. I'll probably go with the Ipurua. Excellent. And that's, actually, that's a cool one because um, uh, during lockdown, I did read the Abar the Brave book and as I was reading it, I just kept thinking, I need to go to this place. It does sound brilliant. So I'm very jealous that you've you've gone there. Um, but yes. I, I have one more question. Go for it, Chris. Okay. Matt, I don't know. In Malaga, Malaga is famous for its fish. Yes. Um, when you eat fish, when you're at the island, uh, do you... Eat your fish with lemon? You're asking the wrong person, unfortunately, because the one thing I hate is seafood. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) No, it sounds crazy. Um, But, no, I'm not a seafood person, unfortunately, so I couldn't tell you. Are are you a lemon person? (laughs) If I was having it from the chippy or if I'm having sort of scandy in the pub or something, then I might uh, I might chuck a bit of lemon on it, and I would I would do yeah. Yeah, there you go. Ah, good. Yeah, this is a long running debate on Sport Direct Radio, Matt. Where one of the guys at Sport Direct Radio thinks it's some sort of hate crime to put lemon on fish. Yeah, basically just just so you just so you don't think it's too random a question, but um, yeah, but, don't worry. Yeah, so there you go, but um. But thank you for joining us, Matt. Um, it's been a pleasure. That's all right. Um, thanks for being As, Is there anything you'd like to plug before you go or anything you'd like to say? <laughs> I'll as well plug the page in the uh, the Twitter account, Tanta. So, um, yeah, UD Las Palmas, UK fandom on 
on Facebook, which is run by uh, Spreading the Love Around the UK, myself in England, Dan, who was the founder in uh, Wales, uh, Merthyr, and then Chris, who's a, a Glasgow lad. So between the three of us, we maintain the Facebook page. And then if anyone's on Twitter, it's at UDLP, William Depot de las Palmas, UDLP underscore UK, which is we are going to follow you with our Twitter account. I seem to be stuff. Yeah, and, and then I'll just, I, you know, I'll, I'll do a bit of plug in and say that, like I said, I went to Las Palmas in February and had a, had a great time. So if, you know, when the world opens up again, whenever that may be, it is worth a trip. It's a great stadium as well. Going to stadiums, it's, it's, it feels huge because it, it's like built into the ground, isn't it? It's a, uh, it's a really look really impressive sort of place and yeah one of yeah. one of the bigger stadiums of Segunda definitely yes but anyway yeah it was two tiers and it had a running track around it um, up until I think it would be 2014 mm. 15 season um, and then during that season they were I'm not sure if they dug down any further but they removed the running track and put the bottom tier in as a as a tier so I think it's around about thirty-three thousand capacity. I, I don't like running tracks in stadiums. Uh, me neither. I need to put my glasses on to see the game. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I think I think any sort of ground lover generally is anti-running track, aren't they? But I don't know. When, when I lived yeah. in Slovakia, it did feel. You know, Central European football grounds with running tracks. It felt like you know par for the course. They they're yeah. supposed to have them almost, but um, yeah. But yes, it's not great either. But yes, on on that we will leave it there for this part, and we'll round up in the next part. But thank you for joining us once again, Matt, and hopefully we'll speak to you soon. Guys, cheers, team, Yeah, have a good one. So thank you once again to the wonderfully named Matt for joining us to talk Las Palmas. Uh, that game is this Sunday at 4pm, which is a bit of a nightmare for me because it, well, that, that's Spanish time, I should add. So obviously, I'm here in Spain, so 3pm UK time. But that's a nightmare for me because Wales and Ireland kicks off an hour before. So the second half, I'm going to be watching a bit of both, which is always just chaos watching two of your teams at once. It's... It's not it's not good for your heart. Um, what about you guys? Uh, uh, I think you said you're working, Chris, but uh, we maybe have something going on on our Facebook after the game, maybe? Uh, yes, of course. The after-match dispatch. Yeah, post-match dispatch. <laughs> post-match dispatch, that was it. And actually, I, yes. should, I should add, before you carry on, that... It's a public holiday here in Spain on the Monday, so if Wales win and Malaga win, I can just get obliterated Sunday and drink all the Pacharan I want and not worry about Monday morning. Oh. Well, let me, before we go, um, let me say, uh, I think in Spain, in, in Holland as well, uh, probably in the UK as well, um, let me say once again to everybody, 
um, to stay safe, uh, hold on to the measurements. Uh, I know it all sucks a bit that we can't go outside, cannot hug each other, and uh, life is shit at the moment. Uh, but stay strong, keep strong, and we will get out of this together. Yeah, that that's a much more responsible message than me saying I can get obliterated Sunday. That that's a much more responsible. Yeah. Listen, listen to Chris's message more than my let's get obliterated <laughs> message. That's a nicer one. So stay uh, safe, everybody. Uh, Alex, do you have any you know public service announcements you want to put out there, or anything in general? Two words: vamos Malaga. Vamos bloody Malaga. Okay, so thank you, Chris and Alex, for joining me as ever. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And yes, you have been listening to the Geary Cast on Sport Direct Radio. Adios, and as the lad said, vamos Malaga. <laughs>